Welcome to Elements of Community, a podcast about discovering and exploring the elements of community. I am Lucas Root, and each week we talk with a community leader about what makes their community thrive and bring value to both the leaders and the members. Join me as we unpack the magic of the elements of community. Today, we are joined by Isis. Isis, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, thank you. I would love to. Uh, greetings, everyone. My name is Isis Indria, born in Mesa, Arizona, raised on the island of Guam. I'm a Chamorro woman, and I come here on behalf of my ancestors. And I'm currently residing on the ancestral homelands of Anisanan, and this area is called Uli Cha, also known as Nevada City, California. Um, being from Guam um, and as a Chamorro woman, Pacific Islander, uh, I really grown up in village life, literally where we our, our home, our island is made up of villages. And so I really come from this modern day experience of village life in my heart and my mind. And also to something I do want to share, my, my mom died when I was four years old and her passing has been a really beautiful learning for me and how to commune with her from as an ancestor on the other side and then with her passing i think she's led me to village living and how to, and living in community and having a lot of aunties and uncles and grandmas and grandpas and so i just want to say her name here because i love to say her name her name is deborah naki and call her into this council with us so there's a little bit about me thank you that was lovely and um welcome to your mother deborah um so we had a good chance to talk about some of your really amazing communities uh, and we we sort of settled on one of them to talk about can you share what what i call the cpop the community point of possibility or um how you think of them yeah thank you uh, first of all thank you for having me on your podcast really feel grateful about that and grateful that you're devoted to this topic in general because it feels like right now at this time of transition community is so important you know the, mm -hmm. we're together you know what I mean we really are mm -hmm. and more than anything we need each other so I just really appreciate your devotion to this work and this podcast and um, community has really been a big part of my whole life of learning you know being raised on the island of Guam and my mom passing and there's kind of being passed around with all the aunties and uncles and all the villages and i was really raised with a lot of people and so i'm really grateful about that and then when i moved to america i was really i really missed that and i kind of felt lonely and so when i moved when i was 17 i just started to create community because i just grew up that way and i needed it and so my community building journey started when I was around 18 years old in Seattle, Washington. And we had this gathering series called the Oracle Gatherings and it was centered around a crystal ball called, we call her the Oracle. And we did a series for about 10 or 11 years of these events building community of like first 10, first 20, then hundreds and then thousands. 
that were coming around this crystal ball to commune and celebrate, study and learn and dance. And um, I moved to, then I moved to Bali and was building community there. And then I moved to California. And uh, one day I, and I didn't have the crystal ball. And then one day I was like, oh, I, I really would love to be with that crystal ball again because she came to me in a vision. And so the crystal ball, I asked if I could be brought to me. And once the crystal ball came into my life, which I call the Oracle, um, all these visions that had come from back then started to manifest. And a lot of it's connected to Egypt. I traveled to Egypt multiple times, sometimes multiple times a year, at least once a year with groups to go there and learn and train. And one of the visions was a school because we had, we would come in ritual regularly around this crystal ball. We had, this crystal ball has been the center of maybe hundreds of rituals, small ones and mm -hmm. large ones. And mm -hmm. so it became, it's been the center of community building since 2001 for a very long time. And so then I went, I went to Egypt to make offerings there. I made an offering about the school, came back, and then within like a couple months, the Academy of Oracle Arts was born. And the Academy of Oracle Arts is a school centered on our, our like line is an original approach, an original approach to ancient ways where we're devoted to bringing, studying and bringing ancient teachings into a modern day because we really see that these are the teachings that have lasted through the ages of time, lasted through the ages. And at the center of that, the heart of that is the Oracle Crystal Ball and what the Oracle Crystal Ball um, is the heart of is a is a group called the Oracle Clan, and so there's a clan of us that work with this crystal ball. We, we pray together, and thus we stay together. And with mm -hmm. that, we all kinds of community events, whether they're small group rituals, year-long Oracle Arts apprenticeship programs, huge events like we're about to present at this festival of thirty thousand people, and. We really just do our work in the community, both locally, working with the local tribe, and also globally. And that's a little bit about our community. And within that community comes us attending to the temple we call the Mesa. We have this place here called the Mesa in Nevada City. It's a home. Mm -hmm. And it's also our, um, our learning about what it is to live in a temple and tend to the temple and the home. And then from there, welcome people to the temple and strengthen and build community here locally and then bring that out globally. So there's a little bit about our community. It has very, very many facets and echoes and expressions and pathways, but the heart of it is a crystal ball. I love it. Um, so it all comes out of the crystal ball and you have echoes of that in different, different places. You have expressions of that in different ways. Um, how does, um, how does leadership play into the way that, uh, this community is formed and the way that this community interacts with, um, you know, with, with your, with your temple, with the people that decide that they want to be members and, and show up on occasion? How, where does, where does leadership play in this? That's a great question. You know, leadership is. I personally believe, and what the Oracle has told me, is that everybody is a leader. It's just about cultivating that aspect and intelligence within, and then clarifying what our divine directives are and what our particular leadership skill 
thread is that we want to cultivate. So with the oracles, at the heart of the school is to support and encourage whomever comes around to step into their leadership and do all the transformational work that's necessary so that they can become leaders because ultimately then we become a council of leaders. And then more gets done because it's impossible for one or two people to get it all done. You need like a village. Everything takes a village, <laughs> you know? Mm. And part of what the Oracle talks about and teaches, you know, and guides us through is seeing, helping us clarify what our divine directive is, what our, what our part is, what our spoken wheel is, and to get really, really good at it so that we all together can keep the wheel turning. And yeah. that's something we've been experiencing. Like, I, I, I learn about I'm, what's my role and my job, and then everyone else figures out what theirs are, and then we just tend to it. We tend to the fire that way. Yeah. I love it. So um, with everybody being a leader, what is it that makes uh, a person into an effective leader? Well, humility and empowerment, humble empowerment, mm -hmm. I think is really important, and a real relationship with service. Like the internal, the commitment to the internal transformational work and the, con the continuation of that, like the divine work is all day, every day for, for the rest of our lives on behalf to be, to support ourselves in becoming benevolent leaders and service to the upliftment of whom of whoever relations essentially. And so this real devotion to the transformational process, because it, you know, we believe that as within, so without. When we do the inner work, it's reflected on the outer. So there's like this commitment to the self-transformational spiritual work and also a devotion to being of service and humbly empowering oneself consistently and tending to and witnessing and supporting everyone else in their positions too. So there's a devotion to the upliftment of each other. By also calling in mm -hmm. what needs to be called in. Like that's something that we also have is like different pods of accountability where we call each other in more. Like, hey, so have us some feedback, you know what I mean? Or like learning how to give each other good feedback so that we can just help each other out more. Like we think it's we, we see it as being generous to call each other in more versus like confrontational. You know, because mm -hmm. the, real, the, the heart of it is just for everyone's success, you know, in heart, mind, body, and spirit, essentially. Mm -hmm. But yeah, those are some of the qualities. Benevolent leadership too. One of the, also the core values or core teachings that we're still learning about together as a community is that in the ancient, the ancient Egyptians believe, believed and believe, because we work with them, that there's a relationship between the divine world, the natural world, and the human realm, well, all three realms, and that the human, they, they, there's like a this idea that the greatest human accomplishment is to coherently co-shape with the divine, the natural, as humans, and that when all three together are coherently, consciously co-shaping, then from there we're actually creating something that is of great use and benefit. For many generations in the future because it's not just us as humans we're working with in, in learning to attune to the intelligence of the natural world and the intelligence of the divine energies that come into this place and also emerge from it 
So that's also at the heart of our study and learning together to listen, pay attention, listen to the non-human realm as much as we can and keep cultivating the um, intelligence and oracular abilities to attune to the non-human realm so that we can do our best to tread lighter and be of use as humans, basically, Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then another big prayer that we have is like to be useful, to be beneficial, to be helpful. You know, like we want to be helpful, <laughs> you know, versus versus like have power over. It's like the opposite, mm -hmm. you know, we want to be useful. We want to be beneficial. We want to be helpful. And then as we're doing the internal transformational work to essentially bring in more light and from an infinite place into this realm. We want to do our best to serve and support and uplift the web of relations also, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, one of the, one of the five elements of community that I've identified so far is, is common heart. And, and one of the ways that I talk about common heart is to enroll Right. So to enroll somebody else in yourself, to enroll um, a community in yourself, to to to, as you would say, and I love this use of the language to call people in and then to be enrolled. Right. And so that's to be called into um, the community and to be called into the heart of the people that are a member of that community and to subscribe yourself to that common heart, that common uplifting um, and the, the way that you talk about this is is uh, is is very strongly supportive of that idea that common heart is an important element of community. It's one of the five core elements, right? Um, and it sounds like you also talked about some other things in terms of leadership. And I love that you brought in the common heart. Um, you also talk about coachability, so somebody who's willing to accept that um, that they're flawed. <laughs> right? We're human. We're not perfect. We're flawed. And, and we have an opportunity to improve ourselves at all times and, and being coachable in the moment, as well as, you know, on the grand scale, um, to, to, to make ourselves better. And then the last one, and I really like this was sort of this connection to, um, the vision of the community or, or the purpose of the community and having that, um, having the drive to, to move that forward. Yeah, something that we also are learning about together is we this idea of legacy. And oftentimes the way I was raised and trained to consider legacy was maybe like a really successful business or like multiple homes or, you know, it had a material business oriented approach. That's the way that not from my family, but in the Western world that I was trained. And what we think about a lot with legacy is an offering, an offering that mm. is helpful and beneficial for many generations into the future. And that's like at the heart mm. of our prayer, whatever we're cultivating may be an offering that's helpful and beneficial for many generations into the future. So an offering consciousness is something we're cons consistently doing our best to learn about and cultivate and embody offering consciousness where whatever we're doing is an offering. And then that by nature, I find helps me transform and then be more attuned to what it is I am doing because it's an offering, you know? And then in that nature yeah. too, that, that, that 
cult, the cultivation of the consciousness of offering as a way of life makes the, the divine everywhere and everything, you know, because everything is an offering yeah. to I'm making an offering to everything human and non-human. So, and then I find too, one of the things my dad said to me that I like carry with me every day helps me remember, you know, when I need it, I can call upon this. He said, if there's one thing that I could offer to you, that's been very helpful for me in my life. He said, always maintain a state of awe and wonder because then the world will keep opening up and the world will keep blossoming for you with you. And so I do my best. Oh, that's to, beautiful. Yeah. I really do my best to, to stay, to, to keep that in rolling in my consciousness. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Um, so what is it that makes a community an effective community? That's a really big question. Um, I feel like first and foremost, at least for us, is praying together. I love this phrase. I don't even know where I heard this quote, but I've heard it and we carry it here in the temple. People that pray together stay together. And so there's mm -hmm. this relationship and, and commitment to communing with the sacred, a sacred way of life and acknowledging the holy elements as, as sacred and this earth as sacred. And, you know, that at, at the core is what we return to, where, where we come from and where we return to, we forget. One ways is like praying with the holy water. We do this regularly, praying with the holy fire, working with holy smoke on in relation to making offerings to this holy earth, you know, those, the basic divinity, divine nature qualities of the elements we return to, to get, to teach us, you know? And I think because we, we don't know we're, you know, in, in relationship to the earth, we're pretty young as humans, you know? And so there's like so much yeah. wisdom and intelligence yeah, and this planet. So we do our best to humble ourselves at the altar of the earth and her various expressions through prayer and through um, ceremonial practice. And that is the heart of, I feel like that is what makes our ability to be in community more effective and, and, and harmonious in its bumpy moments. We can find, have a, that to return to, to help us find harmony again and community. And then our, our prayer practice, because the prayer helps us align our, hearts, minds, bodies, and spirits, our intention, it brings attention to what we need, what our intentions are individually, and then it helps bring attention to our community intention. And so it helps strengthen that too. Like we have our individual one and then our community one. And oftentimes when we have a prayer for like, maybe somebody needs some help and they call a prayer and then we come around to support that person and uplift that person. Or we're thinking about the Amazon and we have relations in the Amazon. We like will come around for a prayer for the Amazon and then we keep that in our consciousness. So it's, it's like at the heart of where we're coming from is to protect and do our best to, to listen to, pay attention to, learn from and protect the sacred way of life and the sacred earth and those that tend to it. Mm -hmm. So that's really like, this is the heart, you know, and then from there, like all the visions and like 
threads and the, the ways that we're um, meant to be in, on purpose and what our divine directives are, they come from that there, you know, come from our prayers together and our relations with the holy elements of life. And then we can we go out and we offer and we, we do our work and then we come back. Then we go out again, then we come back, and we go out again, and then we come back. Because, you know, sometimes, like, we had a ceremony the last, a couple of weeks ago, where we just, like, it was straight up a grieving ceremony. Because there's so much to grieve, at least what we felt, in relation to planet Earth and the human realm. Mm-hmm. All we did was build this beautiful altar devoted to grieving with the holy water in the middle. And so all the things we need to grieve about what's going on as in humans and the earth, we got to give to the water and then like clear out. And then so that the next day we could stand up and meet our life in service stronger because we got to take care of yeah. what we needed to on the inside to be clear enough to do that, you know? So that's some yeah. of what we yeah, do. Yeah, we can't carry our baggage around. Nope. Yeah, so that's some of what so, I feel is what makes community effective. Oh, the other thing too, mm-hmm. this is the other thing that I feel like is what makes community effective is the the water we drink, the food we eat, the way we tend to the land, the way we tend to the body of the earth because we are made of the body of the earth. So like gardening and healthy food and shifting out of like package based food into like relations with farms and growing our own food and then also a devotion to clean water like and cleansing but not over cleansing where we have no more nutrients also tonifying and nourishing you know a culture of nourishment that's literally related to food that then becomes when we're nourished in our bodies and our heart and our mind our spirit through all the ways that we do that, then we can actually be nourishing for others. And so that's also a strong value and focus in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. Okay, so I'm gonna try to tie these back in and I might miss some, so, so definitely jump in here. Um, prayer is um, it's kind of like a project, right? So we, we as a community, in order to be a community, we have to have a purpose. And that's sort of the thing that we're working towards and, and, and one of the guiding principles of us as a community. And then we also have to have projects. And the, the projects really like bring us together in the moment, day after day. And prayer is a project. It's a project that we're embarking on. And it's short, it's a small project, right? It'll last a few minutes or a few hours. Um, and the, the same is true of like a, a, a whole day ritual, like the grieving ceremony that you did. Um, this is, a, it's another, in, in the language of community, this is a project and it's something that we as a community are doing together. Um, and I love it. And I, I, I love the, I, until this conversation, I hadn't thought about it that way, that, that prayer and rituals are a project. And then it seems to me like you're also doing other bigger projects, projects that you do out in. Um, in the village, in the town, or or projects that you're doing with other related communities to to make us all a you know a tighter knit group or to create more ties, um, and those projects as well are bringing your community um, together and and strengthening the bonds within the community and 
bearing that shared heart so that people can re-enroll re themselves each time that a project comes up and they can reaffirm their enrollment through that project. Um, and then you also talked about common language and, um, you know, prayer also goes to that. Prayer is a common language. It's it's the way that we're talking to ourselves and through ourselves to earth and, and to the community that we're serving and um, to the to the purpose of that community. Um, and that, that common language is, is deep and important. And I can hear how deep and important it is in the way that you talk about it. Um, and then food, water. Um, normally, I don't think about these in terms of a language, but it seems like the way that you're talking about them in your community, you're actually talking about food and water as though it's, um, it's a combination of a project and a language that's common to the community, important to the community and of and through and for the community. Absolutely, 100%. We also focus on studying um, a particular blue, we call it the, a blueprint of creation that is a language, mm -hmm. it's a living system that talks about creation principles. And so we're also devoting our time to study a particular version, a few versions of creation principles so that we're also thinking of like looking at the bigger picture and then applying it in our homes. And then the other thing that's really important, which you shared that is very true is there are a lot of projects that are our offerings that we do in the world. And what's nice when we come back to the, the project of a ritual or a ceremony and the entered the study of the ceremony, the study of the ritual to come around and be in ritual and ceremony is that the visions that come from that that's those ceremonies or those rituals or those prayers they're connected to the heart of the altar there and then what projects we do we have that as a memory palace to return to to draw upon you know the the heart of the spirit of it to tend to all of our projects so we have like smaller projects in the community and we have really really big ones and what's really nice about that too is because we come around to study and pray together then we can know who's who's really strong and what and then they can come on to this part of the project because they're really strong in this so we actually get to know each other that way and then how that applies to bigger offerings in the world you know usually when you start a project with people especially when they're large community projects if you don't know them it's by nature you know you got to figure out you got to get to know each other and like figure out how it works and then projects yeah. that are connected to like a relation with the spirit, it's hard when you don't have that dialogue or that language, like you're talking about a common language to then offer something that can be a benefit and abuse. And so we're learning yeah. all those things to then to the world, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. Um, cool. Can we, uh, can we take a moment and, and take a look at like, one specific element of community. And in this case, I'd like to re request that we talk about common heart. Yeah. Um, and how does, how does common heart play in your community? How does it strengthen your community? How does it deepen the enrollment, the engagement of your community? Um, and, and where does it show up for the people who want to be a part? Well, one of the things that we really devote our time to is just caring, cultivating a feeling of caring, you know, mm. like straight first and foremost. And part of what's really beautiful about the 
devotion to prayer and ritual is one of the parts of the technology of the ritual is there's one part where we do a prayer for ourselves and then there's another part where we share about things in the world that could benefit from our attention and from our heart and from our prayers and then different people mm -hmm. will share people or situations in the world so that we have a bigger picture and then what that does is we send our prayers in those directions the best way that we know how at least through our intention but what it does aside from like bringing attention to the heart the challenges of the world is it strengthens our like heart to feel or we're like oh my mm. god we just like feel and then when you feel more and your senses feel more we care more and then when we care more we want to tend more and and contribute and like participate in the world versus step away from it we want to be more involved because we're actually talking about in prayer and ritual the things that need our attention yeah. and and so then our heart is just our personal heart grows the, the our, our relation to the heart of the of the altar grows and then our relationship to learning how to listen to the heart of the earth grows you know we're learning and i feel like oftentimes one of the prayers that i was really devoted to in 2018 consistently like for like a long time was this classic rumi quote do not seek love, but instead all the barriers you have built up against it. And so for a long time, through a lot of rituals and prayers and ceremonies and healing and all these things, I kept doing what I could to like dissolve the barriers I had built up around, the built up around my heart, the chambers of my heart, and just like take them down, you know? Yeah. Not like get mad at them and be like, cast them out. It's more like, thank you for your role and we're done now. You know, and like, <laughs> yeah, and like let the walls come down. And as the walls had started to come down, of course, when the heart, as the heart's breaking open, we just feel more. And then sometimes it's a lot to feel more. And, but then when we feel, but then I noticed as I was feeling more and feeling more and feeling more, I could, my ability to tend, became, and I'm still learning about that, but my ability to tend got stronger. And then I started to, focus my energy towards what my divine directive is and thus start magnetizing all of the things that support that because I'm communing with something larger than myself is how I see it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so the heart of the, this altar and the heart of this community is doing our best to listen and attune to the heart of this planet and the heart of through our learning to tune to the heart of ourselves and the heart of each other to Make of a life of an make a life of life offerings, basically. You know, mm. offer something mm. good. That's what we want to do. Just offer something useful and helpful for many generations into the future, not just this yeah. one. Yeah. Like our consciousness is not about just here, because we have children and there's more children coming. And like you know, whatever we do now is like in is this is theirs you know and so that's a big part of it too we, we really devote the attunement to the children and one of the things that we also devote a lot of our heart to is protecting the imagination of our children of the children oh, yeah. you know because 
imagination is very precious. It's very important. This the part of innovation is our imagination and that what we imagine. So we really are doing our best to learn how to do that, protect the imagination of, of the children. Because mm -hmm. a lot of kids are coming out it. of the community too, you know? So it's real. It is real. Okay, so I hear, um, I hear the heart of yourself connected to the heart of the community. And then you're, you're opening that up. So you're connecting to the heart of the earth and the world, you know, the people of the earth. Um, I love that. Yes. <laughs> right. Cause we, we are a community of earth and, and it behooves us to think about it that way. You also were connecting to a couple of other ideals and it sounds to me like, and you know, maybe we should have a conversation around this. It sounds to me like heart is connection to ideals as much as it is connection to each other. And one of those ideals that's really important to you is prayer. And one of those ideals that's really important to you that you just brought up was protecting the heart of your children and protecting their access to um, freedom. Uh, most importantly, innovation, but freedom and creativity. Absolutely. 100%. Um, it's funny you bring that up too, because one of our sources of study in the ancient Egyptian, you know, stories is this, this Netaru. Netaru is a, another name for nature. It's like a, they call it a divine principle of nature hmm. is Ma'at. And Ma'at, there's this story in the ancient Egyptian realm is that when the body dies and the heart goes on a journey through the Duat, um, the heart is weighed against the feather of justice, which is the feather of Ma'at. And if the heart, the heart is weighed against these 42 ideals. Originally, they were called the 42 negative confessions, but they're called the 42 ideals now. And the heart's weighed one by one against these 42. If the heart's lighter than the feather, then it's the journey home to the celestial kingdom. If not, maybe it's experienced another life or et cetera, et cetera. So what mm. we do is we we study through these 42 ideals regularly. And they're essentially our um, point of focus for our lives. And there's a, there's a devotion to studying these ideals for the rest of our lives so that we can attune to, you know, keeping, doing our best to keep the waters pure, doing our best to be conscious about how we use our words, doing our best to honor all altars as sacred, doing our best to um, create harmony in our walk. You know, there's a bunch of these modern day ideals that we utilize to help us be in right relationship with each other and the divine and the natural world as best as we can. Hmm. So it's funny you brought that up because that's actually something literally that we do, <laughs> you know. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm a pretty good listener. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Awesome! Wow, I love that. So, um, in what other ways do you connect your common heart, the, the heart of the community, to ideals? What other ways do we connect the common heart of the community to ideals? Like what are more ideals or what are practices and, and ways that we experience it? Practices and ways that we experience it. Um, well, we literally have an actual ritual practice called where we call it our 
what we call our highest self or our higher self and to align our will with the will of the divine. It's a literal ritual practice where you say your name and you call an infinite source energy to align highest self with the will of the divine to make mm-hmm. to be of benefit to the earth. This is like a literal practice that we do regularly all the time to actually sync up which we believe all parts of self to be of service and align our will to be of service. So that's one of them. Another practice that we do regularly is we call in this infinite light energy connected to the sun that we see as igniting our hearts, the sun in our hearts that then transmutes any feelings of doubt or uncertainty or anger or challenge back into light. Now not as a spiritually bypassing, not to spiritually bypass anything that needs to be worked on in an honest way, but a way to remind us that like thank you doubt, I'm sending you back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cuz like right now I really want to focus on being courageous. And it's just a really simple way to just transmute those thoughts because sometimes we we see it as those thoughts are ours and sometimes we see it that they're not ours. Cuz you know, we cultivate a feeling of sensitivity, we can start to feel others more. And some people are more empathic, sometimes they take on other people's stuff. And in that way it's like we just send it back to the light and it it's not like so dramatic. But then so then when there's real healing work that needs to happen, we can focus on that real that deep healing work. Cuz sometimes all the other stuff clouds. How, how do you do that? The healing work? Well, we're really grateful to be in a circle and a council of a, a large community of different kinds of healers that are devoted on other on people learning how to heal themselves through committing to healing. Everything from like nutritionalists mm-hmm. to acupuncturists to people that know how to do limpiezas and remove things to people that know how to tend to a prayer and a ceremony and work with plant intelligences. We have a variety of ways that we, and of course, massage too. Like massage is a really important piece. We need to learn, how, in my opinion, I yeah. need to keep my nervous system regularly, you know? So, and then also like we sit in sweat ceremonies regularly and consistently. We're devoted to like a healing way of life. You know, we do yoga regularly too. It's, it's not just like when we 100% absolutely need it. We also try to live that way so that it doesn't it's almost like preventative methods. You know. So it sounds like um it sounds to me like a practice um separate from a project might actually be an element of community or at least an element of yours. I'm, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to bring in whether or not that's true of all communities, but it seems like there are you have a few different practices that are not really projects. They're practices. They're separate from projects. And Absolutely. they incorporate heart and they incorporate language, right? So there is a common language, there is a common heart, and this this practice is a piece of it's separate from a common language. It's separate from a common heart. And they're not projects because they're ongoing. There are things that you do all the time and 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 they build you up individually and as a community together but they don't have a start and a stop right because that's what a project is it has a start and a stop right so a, a prayer is is a project a ritual is a project but 
this is this doesn't have a start and a stop it's a practice absolutely we have practices that we we utilize and we do regularly that, that help prepare our heart mind body and spirit for our projects so now, for is it truly distinct from from a common language or does it function in the same way as a language it functions as a language because what's mm -hmm. i believe because what comes with the language is an understanding of what these things are that that the, like what does it mean to have a higher self so we discuss that or you know what does it mean to like align our will with the will of the divine we have to discuss that yeah. you know i can or, i can see it being a language so like dancing is is very much a language i mean it's also a practice and you sometimes you start and stop dancing so dancing could be a project too right so dancing could be any one of those three depending on how it plays in um in a community and it sounds to me like it sounds to me like practice might be a facet of language i love that it is actually you know it's funny you bring that up too because with our practice comes learning how to be um, an expression of the rituals. So like when we do temple dance, as an example, like in some of our rituals, we write like a hymn to Mary Magdalene or a hymn to Aset, as an example, whatever the divinity is we want to work with. And then mm -hmm. we're learning how to turn those hymns into embodiments and ritual movements. So that when we are walking and embodying in life, we're also walking these prayers because there's a really different thing mm. pointing to like this as a gesture, you know? So we're learning how our body becomes walking prayers. And in that mm -hmm. way, we become more attuned to everything on the inside and how we express ourselves on the outside. And what this also leads to, which is, which is one of our projects, like that has a stopping and a start and an end is we have, we cultivate a series of practices that help us attune ourselves to the way that we commune with the sacred. And then with that, we have rituals where we pray about what to offer. And then from there, we have a story that comes through the rituals that then we are, we are cultivating right now to become a ritual theater offering to the larger community. So for instance, this one is, it's called the Rites of Lightning, um, Unveiling the Magdalene. And it's a ritual theater piece that comes from our prayers and our study to then embody the principles of creation to the best of our ability to make an offering of that prayer to the larger community. Most of which the larger community will have no idea the like, you know, depth of ritual that came before it. It's just a theater piece. You know, mm -hmm. for us, it's like a whole world of study, research, embodiment, prayer, channel, all kinds of things. It's at the heart of our community because the heart of the community is like, we want to make an offering to this, to her, to this story. And so then that let, guide leads itself. It le leads to this project that's connected to this time of transition because we feel like this is really important and really helpful and really necessary to bring forward the, the lineage of the, the mandolin because she's been veiled because mm -hmm. we feel that she's a big expression or the lineage of her is an expression of the earth. And so this is, you know, it's, I hope that made sense, but 
it all works. They all work together. It's one big web of interdependent relationships, basically. Yeah. And our job is to listen, basically. Listen and pay attention. Yeah. Come around the sacred and do our best to clear ourselves so we can listen good in a good way. And actually notice yeah. what's really clear transmission versus what's our own self, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Cool. I never thought about practices as being a facet of language, but that uh, that's so exciting now. I now I get to take that away and like play with that in my head for a while. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. That was so great. Thank you. Um, what uh, what question have I not asked you that you would like me to ask? Um, nothing popped up immediately, but what's popping up right now is um, why is community important right now? Why are we even having? Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. That can you talk to me about that? I'm gonna do my best. The question just emerged now. <laughs> like why community is really important right now is well in the term community is the word commune. And I've been really like doing my best to keep learning about what it doesn't mean to commune. And something that I think about, I've been thinking about a lot in relationship to communing is by nature inside the term, there's a feeling of attunement to the sacred when we're to me. When I'm communing, I'm like coming in relationship with. And in that way, it feels like the sacred is at the heart of it. That's how I see it, you know? And I find that in community, part of what's really important right now is well, A, like knowing that we're not alone, remembering that we're in it together, remembering that the only way out is through, and that it takes a village, mm -hmm. anything. You know, and it takes a village of, of, of humbly empowered people that have something that they want to do together because we because we all need each other in this time. And the other piece I think is really important is that when you have a community coming together, you have a lot of perspectives and a lot of different ways to see things, because I see that I, I like to think of it that we're all multifaceted jewels. Everybody's a multifaceted jewel. It's not like a two way mirror. In community, we kind of like polish up this like section of the facet, you know, and like polish this other facet and the different people help polish each other's facets that we might not, that might need just like to be cleaned. And then in that way, we shine more when we're shining together. And then when we're all shining, we get way more done, not to progress on the cost of all things living. I don't mean like that. I mean, we get more done to like, you know, like he's really good at knowing how the soil works. Like she's really good about herbs and he really knows, they really know how to tend to like this prayer. And we all, we all can take care of all the different parts so that we can actually plant a really beautiful garden. You know? Mm, yeah. That like way more people than just us can feed, can be fed from, you know? Mm-hmm. And that, that's also a big important thing too, is like when community comes together, we're able to take care of a lot of things that becomes nourishment for others. So it just becomes this culture of feeding and nourishing. And, and, and then we also attune to the feeling of belonging. You know, we belong. When we belong to something, we like love it and tend to it and care about it. Most of the time, 
you know, in this time of like the stuff in our mind, you know, as the systems that, you know, we've been programmed to, to function in are breaking down. So are also is the programs. They got to break down too, you know, because, yeah. and with that, like oftentimes this feeling of not feeling connected or not belonging comes up in community. We feel the connection and the belonging, you know, and then we like, yeah. I want to do more. Community is like probably one of the most important things we could be cultivating right now, in my opinion. <laughs> wow. Obviously, I definitely am on the same page with you. Yeah. On that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Thank you, Isis. Um, so for anyone who's been inspired by this and wants to reach out to you, where can they find you? Uh, well, you can find me on my Instagram, Isis underscore Indria. However, the school, the Academy of Oracle Arts.com and ritualcommunity.com.au are the two ways you can find me. Awesome. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lucas. Thank you for having me and blessings on this podcast and all of the voices that come here and. Uh, may everything that is shared here on this podcast here in this one and all of the ones that before and all the ones after be of great help and benefit for many communities, for many generations of the future. Mm. Ah, what a lovely blessing. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us this week on Elements of Community. Make sure to visit our website, elementsofcommunity.us, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show. If you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. If you like the show, you might want to check out our EOC Inner Circle where we deep dive with each guest on the inner workings of their community. We cover things like community model, profitability, and engagement strategies. You can join the inner circle at elementsofcommunity.us forward slash inner circle. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode.